just three, four verses this morning. If I don't finish this particular message of this series, I probably will this evening. And so I might be able to get through it just fine. Um, I'm just not sure. We'll see, we'll see how it goes. If I, if I do not, I will finish it tonight. So I hope you'll come back tonight at 5 p.m. if I don't get through it. And, uh, uh, but anyhow, Ephesians chapter 6. Let's look at verse 10 through verse 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we certainly do. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. And Lord, we certainly need your help. I ask for your, your, your direction. Help me to stay true to your word this morning. Lord, control what I say and how I say it. I pray, Lord, that I'd be able to teach and preach this effectively. And, Lord, that your spirit would do the work on hearts. Lord, to allow us to see how desperately we need your armor. And, Lord, that we would leave here different than when we walked in. So I pray your blessing on this, Lord. I pray that you'd work. Uh, I pray that you protect the minds, that they'd be able to listen, Lord, and, and, and that you would give the understanding that is needed. So please bless and work, Father. I pray and ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. This morning, I certainly do want to be a help. I would like to see your life strengthened. This world certainly is tough. It has its difficulties. It has its trial. It has its challenges. I mean, just almost everywhere we look, there's a very real spiritual battle taking place. And, of course, the Lord knows that. When you come into the book of Ephesians, it, it finishes up the epistle with some really practical help for Christian living. I look forward to going to preaching through the book of Ephesians. It shows really as he's finishing up how different, and that's very true, how different the Christian life should look and operate from the rest of the world. Quit trying to operate like the world and try and operate like a biblical Christian. As the book of Ephesians is finishing, it shows how different we should be as a result of our faith in Christ, how we should walk worthy, how it's a walk of oneness, a walk of unity, a walk different than the world, a walk of love, a walk of light, a walk in wisdom, a walk in the Spirit, how our relationships be, should be different, he discusses, how our songs, our music should be different, our marriages should be different, our families should be different, our employment situation should be different. All of this forming sort of unique standards, principles by which the believer is to function in this world. How we are to live. As we come into chapter 6, boy does he touch on an important subject as he's finishing it up. Paul knew you're going to need this. The Lord knew it and we all, we all desperately need the armor of God. The whole purpose of this first introductory message to this series is simply this. Why you need the armor. 
I think these messages are critical. I truly hope through these that you will be different in your approach. That you will see the armor of God differently. That you will determine to put it on and not take it off. For the most part, if you've been saved even a fairly short amount of time, you're probably aware of the armor of God. But there's a great difference between knowing about the armor of God and living it. Just as much as you might know how to operate on your job, but that doesn't mean you're going to pull it off. Just as much as it means you might know how to be a godly husband, but that's much different than pulling it off. Just because you know how to be the husband you should be doesn't mean you will. Just because you know the truth about faithfulness doesn't mean you're going to be faithful. We all need these messages. We need the armor as much as we need the air that we breathe. There is real warfare taking place, real battles, a very real enemy. The battle is real and it is strong. Even in, I mean, I, I, even here, much of my work here is, 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 is even looking to see where the devil is trying to get a foothold in. He would love to take this place down. Would love it. Any avenue he can try and get in to try and get an angle, he'll take it. I, I remember in PNG, sometimes, sometimes a spiritual battle just led to such a wariness. Just such, literally, just physically exhausted. I, I, I know I've told the story before, but I still remember it was such a difficult time that the spiritual battles were enormous and the weight of it. And I was going through just all kinds of tra- vehicle troubles and whatnot. And I was having to come down from KVN. And this just isn't usually me at all. I was just, I was just tired. I, got, I had to get on a PMV to take it on the five hour, which would actually be six and a half hours because it goes slower. This uh, PMV was just a, it's, a, it's like a tiny van that fits 15 people. And I mean a tiny van that they put 15 people in. And in this particular one, we would have more than 15 people in. And we're not talking little kids either, all adults. And so I got on, and I'm just tired. I'm by myself, and I'm, I'm, I'm heading back home. We're leaving about 8 a.m. in the morning. I know I would not get home till about 4. Actually, I didn't get home till 6. We'd end up getting 6 o'clock that day. So that would be a 10-hour one on this thing, which should have been 4 or 5 hours. And so I get in, and I'm by the window, and, it, and they just start cramming everybody in. And I am tired. Uh, I don't want to be in the vehicle. I don't want to do anything. And, and I, um, again, we take off. I'm going down there. The guy next to me falls asleep. He's, he's, he's leaning on me. He's drooling on me while he's sleeping. And the smell inside this tiny vehicle is just wretched. So I've got my head by the, by the window, and, 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 and I just want to try and sleep. And then I get convicted. I should be trying to witness. And, and, and my, I, remember, I remember the conviction hitting. And no, you don't hear God's voice. Everybody comes there and says, God told me, please, just be truthful. All right? Conviction hit my heart that I need to witness, that I believe was of the Spirit of God. And I remember thinking... I mean, I said it in my mind, clear as a bell. I don't want to. I don't. I'm tired. I, I just want to get home. That's all I want to do. 
And, I, and I'm trying to sleep, and the conviction is hitting. And the Lord was very, very gracious. He should have just struck me dead. And I said, conviction's hitting, so I prayed. I said, Lord, well, if the door opens, I would take it. So I'm trying to sleep, and then I watch as the conversation became one conversation in the van. It was no longer just individuals talking different things and different conversations, you know, with usually it was, you know, 14 different conversations taking place at the exact same time. It all went to one conversation, and it dealt with a, a, a for lack of, that wasn't what they turned it for how we would recognize it, basically a, a small type of nightclub, if you will, trying to open up down in the Namatanai region where I was, in that government outpost area. And, and then I realized, oh, this is, this door is going to open. <laughs> this door is going to open. And I didn't want it to still. I was tired. I was weary. And, and sure enough, what you know, if the Lord is going to show, show grace, one of the people had said, had just directed, I had said anything yet. I'm just, I'm just there. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. There have been battles have been enormous across the board. And I'm just wore out. And then one of the, one of the men in the, in the bus has said, everybody knew I was a missionary. I've been there for several years at this time. Um, didn't matter where I went. Everybody knew who I was. And so one of them finally says, missionary, what do you think? And so the Lord opened the door. And for the next, what was about another three or four hours, I think it was three hours if I remember right. The next three to four hours, though, I was able to preach. Man, did I love it. Everybody listening, going through it, going through why I think it's a horrible idea, trying to tie into what life is about, bringing it into the Savior of this, of this nation of people who think everything's fine, not realizing how lost they really are. And then for those next hours, and then getting off, I still remember when I got off, and I was, I was, I was excited. One of the men got off where I was, just wanting to talk more, wanting to know more about putting his faith in Christ. And just being so excited and thankful that God showed me mercy that will still allow me to serve. But what got me in that frame of mind where I was just done? Listen, the spiritual battles at time are real. There are times in life, i got news for you, especially you men, let me, hit it, let me hit you with this. There are times when you do what's right, whether you feel like it or not. You do what's right. You, 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 uh, the Bible addresses it over and over. Uh, to act like a man. There's something that Paul states, and I love it. He, he talks about, was it in the 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, I can't, remember, I can't remember exactly where it is, where he says, For a great and effectual door is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Remember that? You familiar with that verse? Think of the context of it, though. Think of what he's saying. He's saying, but this is right where I am. I'm not running from the battles. If this is the front line, then this is where I want to be. Too often today, we just want to run from the battles. <clears throat> so for this message, I want you to see, and please listen, why you need the armor. Why you need it. I broke it down into simply three areas that we're going to see right from this text. One, you're at an incredible disadvantage without it. Number two, we have a directive, direct from God, to have it on. 
And number three, the devil and his demons. So let's, let's get into this this morning. Let's look first at the incredible disadvantage we are at. Let me try and paint that picture for you. To try and show you uh, um, how desperately you need the armor because uh, you are at an incredible, incredible disadvantage in this battle without it. Look at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We all know where he's going with this text. I've already read it. He's going to the armor of God. This is going to be the key to their strength. Strength doesn't come from the gym. It doesn't come from all your protein shakes. It comes from God. We are to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. There are three different words used for strength in this verse. And it gives us a great picture of what the Lord is talking about. You have three different words that are used. Dunamis, kratos, and I can never say the last one. It's chuos or something like that. I, I, can never, I, I won't be able to pronounce that one. But all three have significant meaning. Dunamis, of course, is the dynamic power. We even get the word dynamite from it. A strong power. A strong ability. Kratos means manifested. It's clearly demonstrated. It will be evident it is there. The third one means bestowed power. Conferred power. So what it's saying is this. What we've got to be strong in, what the Lord will provide, and the key is the armor, is going to be, uh, is going to be a strength that is powerful, that will work every time. That will be clearly manifested. It will be evident it's in place. And that it is only given by God. It is His. And we need it because we are at such a great disadvantage. David had recognized this over and over throughout his life. How he had said, like in Psalm 27, when the Lord is my strength and my salvation, he understood what he needed spiritually had to come from God. And I'll talk more about his failure later. The truth is, you have zero hope at winning this battle in your own strength. Zero hope. It's like heading in in 1990 to a boxing ring with Mike Tyson, and your arms are tied behind your back, and you're going to try and win this fight. I would not get in that ring. You have zero hope at winning this battle in your own strength. Don't believe me? I wish right now the Lord would allow Peter to preach in my place. I wish Peter could stand up here for 20 minutes right now. Lord, will allow him to come down from heaven and preach to you for 20 minutes on one event in his life. When the Lord told him, Peter, I prayed for thee, that thy faith fell not. Peter, the devil has desired to sift thee as wheat. Lord, I'll not deny thee. Lord, I'll die for you. Peter, before this evening's over, you're going to deny me three times. Again, the power Peter thought he had, he didn't have. Peter wasn't being a hypocrite when he made that statement. He thought he had a measure of strength, but he was wrong. 
He thought he could handle it. He knew who Christ was. He knew who this man was. He thought he was ready for it, but he was wrong. And he denied the Lord just like that. His weakness hit him so fast and so hard. We're so busy playing with this world and playing around, not even worried about the armor of God or the general spiritual warfare that is taking place, and then our families fall apart. He thought he could handle the battle in his own strength. Peter was wrong. You know, that was the key to David's strength when he fought Goliath. Remember what he said. He, was he afraid at all? He, remember the story. Remember, I, I, I've mentioned it several times, different messages that I preached, that David's giant was never Goliath. David was never concerned about Goliath. I mean, not at all. He absolutely knew Goliath is not winning this battle. Why? What did he say? The battle is the Lord's. He believed it. Do you understand that? He believed that. And for us to win the battles we're facing, we have to understand we need his strength. The truth is we are not at all prepared for the nature of this warfare in and of ourselves. You are not. You are at a great disadvantage. That's why he's stressing in verse 10, you need to see your weakness. You better see you need the power of the Lord. You need his might. You need his strength. We are at a great disadvantage. Secondly, we have the directive. That simply means it's commanded to put on. Verse, excuse me, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God. It is commanded. It is instructed for us to do. And notice how he puts this. You don't pick and choose what parts of the armor you want. And you're going to see the armor ties into character. You, you don't get to pick and choose. That is foolish and you will lose. You put on the whole armor of God. And the grammatical structure of the text indicates you're not to take it off. We desperately need strength from the Lord for what we are facing. We need God to give us the strength. We need his hand upon us. The armor is from a divine source for this spiritual battle that is taking place. It is of the Lord. Since it's of God and it's his strength, then that means this. It will work perfectly every single time without fail. The armor is not only commanded here in Ephesians chapter 6, it's commanded in Romans chapter 13. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. It's also commanded in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 7. 
See, the point is this. There is no way you will stand when the evil day hits without the armor on. And there's an evil day coming for your life. Thirdly, and this is where the bulk of this message is. And that deals with the devil and his demons. Look at 11 through 13. Put on the whole armor of God that, you may be, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. I mean, read through this. Think of what it's saying. Against principalities. This is our fight against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. We learn about our battle in these verses. We learn about the devil and his demons. Let's look at this enemy we face. And it's here you begin to realize why you have no strength to win this battle on your own. I believe if you understand what you are facing, what this text is laying out, you won't have to be commanded to put the armor on. You'll run to it. You'll want it. First, we have the devil himself. He has been deceiving men for 6,000 years. And as we are commanded in Scripture, we are not to be ignorant of his devices. So let's look at them. You know, if you do something for 6,000 years, you're going to be good at it. That's just truth. You're going to learn how to manipulate, how to get done what you want done. He's been doing it for 6,000 years. Don't think in and of your own strength and your 40 years of existence that you can win this thing. Your pride is going to take you down. 6,000 years. And by the way, when we look in Genesis 3, I'll be referring to that later, he started off really good at it. And he's been learning for 6,000 years. He has taken down many good men. Many good ladies. The evil day arrived and they fell. They became a casualty in this war. Think of the good churches that he has taken down. Churches that at one point in time you would have thought this church will never fall. Tennessee Temple. What was the name of the church? It's escaping me. That was a separate name of the church. It's Highland Park Baptist Church. I mean, you go back to the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Wow, was that place being used. Now, make no mistake. The devil's foothold got in in the 1970s. We can look back and see, wow. You know what it was? The same thing in the garden. Questioning the word of God had come in place. Doubt. 
That's one reason why we do stand with the King James Version and the text behind it. That place was putting out pastors and preachers, taking such a stand. Do you realize that the effect it had on this state, that church? Do you know the majority, you get back to the 19, late 70s and 80s, the majority of missionaries coming to this state, guess what college they were out of? Tennessee Temple. Two. And both of them are gone. We can, we can, we can hit the other institution that was also used with Satan. That is the uh, um, Bible Baptist Fellowship in Springfield. Also fallen. Gone. Don't be ignorant of the devil's devices. I mean, let's just take for, and I'm, I'm not trying to be mean or cruel here, but it's evident I'm not going to ignore it. Let's just look what happened to ABT, now Mountain City Church. Think of how that thing got started. How it was grounded and strong. I remember when I was preparing this message, when I was doing this series, when I was working on this, this is going back to last April when I, did, when I prepared the series of messages on this. I'm in the middle of preparing this, and, and uh, uh, either Jerry or, or Rachel had gotten the mail and put some on my desk. And in it was a, a letter from a missionary having to come off the field because of sin, a casualty. We can go back to a man I've already referred to in David. A man after God's own heart. All of a sudden, getting out of place. Losing. The armor isn't on. He's standing on a rooftop. Peter I've already referred to. And by the way, let's not forget Eve. This spiritual battle has produced so many casualties. Now, in continuing this and why we need the armor based on the devil himself, who is the enemy, the armor is given. The reason why God gives the armor, it is based on the enemy. You've got to understand that. Listen to me. The armor that is given to us is based on who the enemy is. Even when the military builds defense systems, it is based on the capabilities of the enemy. It's based on what is out there. Just like I'd served nine years in the United States Air Force. Was it this week they just launched? Was it the B-21? You guys see that? Oh, man. I remember the big deal when I was in in the Gulf War took place. If you remember, one of the new technologies we had at the time, there were several new things being, being unleashed, if you will. Even going back to Panama, which we have even one of our own veterans was there in Panama, Brother Mike Moffitt. At that time, the F-117 was released to the public. When Gulf War hit, remember the rage was 
the Patriot Missile System. You know what that was based on? The capabilities of the enemy. A defense system was in place. God knows our enemy. He knows what he will do. He knows his tactics. He knows his power. He, so he knows what we need for a defense. What will work. This is why so many times that you can, and, don't, and, and if you know me, I'm all for standards. There's a measure of protection there. But you try standards without the armor and you're wasting your time. Do you understand that? Sometimes you think the standards are going to be enough. You're wrong. They're not. Too often, too often it's like we're standing there with a 22, a little 22 caliber Ruger rifle. And there's incoming missiles and, and we're going to defend. Yet that's how you try and defend against the spiritual battle that's taking place. The devil has these sophisticated missiles designed to take you out and you're standing there with a 22. The armor that God has given to us is specific to the enemy we face. You choose to forego this armor and you will lose. I still have several pages to go for this message. Several pages to go. I'm not going to rush it. All right? We're going to continue this this evening. Listen, if you're here and you don't normally come on a Sunday night, what a great opportunity. You get to come on a Sunday night. You need these messages. Determined to be here at 5 o'clock this evening. 5 o'clock this evening, be here. I won't preach that long. I've got a plane to catch. All right? But you need this. I'm not, I, I'm not even halfway done with presenting why you need this armor. Okay? And then next Sunday, I'm going to get into the armor itself. We're going to look at it. With heads bowed and eyes closed.